in regular English, in today's world, if somebody says they're going berserk, what, Grant, or I'll let you finish your text and then I'll ask you. No, you can ask me. Ask you. <laughs> I just, okay, welcome back. Yeah, I just killed right Grant. <laughs> Welcome to the Exploring Middle Earth podcast. This week we are doing Chapter Seven of The Hobbit. A little bit of a deep dive into that, um, yeah. and the chapter is called Queer Lodgings. Mm-hmm. So we're doing Chapter Seven, Queer Lodgings, and uh, my name is Grant. I'm the resident Tolkien expert here. Hi, Grant. Uh, hi, hi, Jay. Oh, um, oh, just, and the, oh sorry, I forgot. I just, I'm Jay. Grant just told you that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I just kind of spoiled it. Um, I've read all the books and. Uh, uh, watch all the movies, extended edition, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just, I have an all around pretty solid knowledge of yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Um, all the background stuff, all the lore, all the history. So that's my specialty is lore. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'll turn it over to my, my colleague and peer, <laughs> Jay. <laughs> yeah. My name's Jay. Um, what I'm known for is knowing less than Grant. I was known for knowing more than Zach, but now. Zach's not here. Tragic, I wonder how long. Tragic we're, turn of events. We're gonna keep mentioning that because what? It's probably been like five episodes since he's left, and we we're have, still mentioning. We it. have to keep the memory of Zach alive. Yeah, he's not dead, but he's he's at college. Yeah, yeah. So and college is a place for dead people. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's up to you. You might like college. Yeah, but um, yeah, I know some stuff. That's all you need to know about me. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Grant, why don't you give us a summary of this chapter? Okay, here we go. Chapter 7 of The Hobbit, Queer Lodgings. Hopefully you guys read this before yeah. listening to this if podcast. If you haven't, pause it and quick read it. It's not that long of a chapter, I don't think. Actually, most of the it's, chapters I in The Hobbit are I think it's one of the longer short. ones, but they're not long oh, chapters. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> My hey, bad. It's okay, Grant. Sorry, guys. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, most of the chapters in The Hobbit, yeah, they're not too long. So, uh, so we kind of start off um, after the last chapter, which is Out of the Frying Pan, Into the Fire, um, you know, the wargs and the goblins team up and they start attacking the dwarves and Gandalf and Bilbo who have to climb up trees to get away mm-hmm. from them because they couldn't escape fast enough. Yeah. And then the eagles fly by and uh, rescue them and then they bring them to their clifftop uh, areas, which are their big nests. Um, so that's where we leave off in the last chapter. And then this chapter, they wake up, all the dwarves and Bilbo and Gandalf, they wake up in the morning um, up on this high cliff and... Uh, um, but now it's time to continue their journey to the Lonely Mountains. So the eagles agree to only bring them as far as what they call the Carrack, um, which is just this basically this big rock that juts out in the middle of the Anduin, which is the Great River. Mm-hmm. Not too far from the Misty Mountains. If you look on a map, it's literally parallel to the Misty Mountains. Yeah. So, you know. Um, so they agree to bring the dwarves and the company as far as that and their reasoning was because there were a lot of men in the area who were afraid of the eagles because the eagles used to steal their sheep and Mm -hmm. eat them um so the men would always shoot at them with bows they didn't want to go so far as the men's villages because they didn't want to get shot at Mm -hmm. and the dwarves are like yeah i mean because if they shot at the eagles they'd probably hit the dwarves too so yeah they're like yeah it makes sense so they agreed to bring them as far as this rock called the Carrack, and um Bilbo was a little scaredy cat during the flight, but uh, I mean, it was all, like, is, all is well. They land, they land fine. It was like he just was learning. It was technically it wasn't his first time flying on it, but no, you know there was an adrenaline rush last time, and this time, yeah, he was just woke Th- up. Yeah, this time he was like able to process that he was super high up in the air. So he was super high, super high. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, so they they get to the Carrick on the river and there's like a little small cave at the bottom and they plan their next move. Um, and then Gandalf tells him that he'll, he'll have to leave. Um, like he's going to bring them somewhere, but he'll have to leave soon to attend to his own business. Uh, which if you watch the movies, it's to, uh, like join the white council and, or at least talk with the white council about the growing threat of the necromancer in the South of Mirkwood. So, but they don't know that mm-hmm. they just know it's private or personal business. Yeah. Uh, so, they uh they get ready to go and then they start um uh, Gandalf says he'll bring him to an important person like I said and then they they go across the river and then they uh they start traveling through this kind of like grassy open area 
um, with like a bunch of scattered trees and then they can kind of see like the forest like way in the background it's just this kind of like thin blue line that's mm-hmm. in the on the horizon but in the meantime as they're coming along in this like field prairie area there's like a lot of like flower beds like cropping up here and there and then there's like bigger trees that are like less scattered and more clumped together Mm -hmm. and then bilbo and the dwarves all notice these giant bees that i think he says they're like they're the size of your thumb or like even bigger um that's pretty big if you look at your thumb it depends on who who, how big well yeah i was gonna say bilbo (laughs) bilbo also probably had a smaller thumb yeah but dwarves have big hands so is it just the size of bilbo's thumb or is it relative to everybody so if your thumb's bigger they'll seem bigger to you yeah i don't know uh so (laughs) yeah um (laughs) So yeah, that, so I see all these bees, and they realize that it's kind of like, uh, um, they kind of like, it's what do you call it? It's like a, I think it's an apiary, is what like a bee farm is. Oh yeah. So I think Bilbo realizes it's kind of one of those is like someone has beehives around mm-hmm. here and they're farming honey, and so once they get to this spot, they see this giant green hedge that's kind of like acting like a wall, um, in front of this big uh, house type Mm -hmm. deal that they can see over it and then so gandalf explains that this person that they're gonna see like he warns them about him his name is bjorn and he's a skin changer and bilbo misunderstands and thinks he's a furrier yeah i thought that was (laughs) funny and and it's not like um it's not like uh what how did he explain it it's not like what you would call a modern day furry yeah right so he, he says, or Bilbo says, what? A furrier? A man that calls rabbits conies when he doesn't turn their skins into squirrels? That's what Bilbo says. Yeah. And so Gandalf's like, no. Whatever that means. Goodness gracious heavens is what no. Gandalf says. He's not a he's not a goofy dude. But, um, yeah, so he was talking about Bjorn, and he's like, yeah, so he he's the one who has all these, like, bee farms, and uh, so he eats honey and stuff like that. He doesn't eat any animals, but he does turn into a bear, so just be careful (laughs) yeah um and so they uh yeah so they get to the hedge and then gandalf uh says comes up with a plan and he says so how we're gonna do this is i'm gonna go with bilbo to the the house of bjorn and we're gonna talk to him and then two dwarves like in pairs what two is um, (laughs) yeah will come up every five minutes to the gate and so that way we won't surprise bjorn all at once with all these dwarves and stuff like that and bjorn naturally is not very fond of dwarves because of all the uh, uh, ruckus they caused with the orcs mm-hmm. so he's not a big fan of dwarves or orcs they're mortal en- the skin changers are mortal enemies with orcs so mm-hmm. i'll get to that later but so um yeah so they they go up in pairs and then gandalf and bilbo show up first and then they meet bjorn and he's a super tall man super muscular got uh he's a dream man He's your dream guy. He's your dream guy. It's like, it's like think of like The Rock, right? Uh-huh. But like with facial hair, mm-hmm. you know. What about hair on like extra arm hair and stuff? Extra arm hair, yeah. like hair. He's probably got a hairy chest. Yeah. If I had to guess. So like Italian Rock, The Rock, but he's Italian. Yeah, he's yeah. Eastern European. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Yeah. So they they meet him and then uh, Gandalf introduces himself. Um, and then Bjorn, I think he mentions that he like recognizes the name Gandalf, but then mm-hmm. Gandalf is like, Oh, you might know my cousin Radagast the Brown. And then, uh, Bjorn's like, Oh, not a bad fellow, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And then, uh, Bilbo's tiny compared to Bjorn and he's like, Ugh. knees yeah. are shaking, boots are quaking. You Yoinks. Know? Yoinks. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so Gandalf explains that they had an encounter with the goblins and they don't have any or they hardly have any food or like uh, luggage and stuff like that and they need help they need kind of like a spot to like stay for a second before they go back on their way and then so before um, Gandalf really starts explaining the story and stuff like that which this is his whole plan the next two dwarves arrive and then he's like oh and there's just a few of us and then Bjorn's like a few of you this looks like more than a few and then mm-hmm. that sort of thing kind of goes on and on until all yeah. the dwarves arrive and then, um, and then, so basically the whole point of that was to keep Bjorn interested enough in the story, like after all those pauses and stuff, meeting new dwarves so that he wouldn't be like angry that all these dwarves showed up at once at his house. So mm-hmm. Gandalf's plan worked very smart. Um, so Gandalf then concludes the tale and they go and have dinner with Bjorn. And then he has a bunch of animals that he keeps and uh, like, especially big horses. And he kind of communicates with them cause he's a bear basically so um 
he's able to communicate with his uh horses and he's got dogs and sheep um and then they all bring in like food and stuff like that for the dwarves Mm -hmm. um so they have dinner and then they kind of exchange tales and then bjorn kind of explains who he is and stuff like that um and then so they go to sleep in the hall and then uh bilbo was kind of sleeping in and then uh bofer wakes him up uh bofer d's nuts (laughs) (laughs) Uh, <laughs> okay. and, he, and then he told him that he he was late for breakfast and also it was gone so Bilbo was pretty upset just like that. the start of the book yeah anytime Bilbo gets a good night's sleep he's late for breakfast yeah it kind of sucks kind of sus it's kind of so, yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. sus uh, and Bjorn and Gandalf were gone probably talking about uh, deeper things than just goblins so yeah um, like caves caves are pretty deep yeah uh, the water. U- the universe is pretty. The deep. universe, the universe, and all it has. Yes. So, anyways, yeah. so that's probably what they're talking about. Uh, and so they kind of just chill out at Bjorn's hall for the day, just kind of doing whatever you know, hanging out, having a ball in the hall, dude. having a ball in the hall. Yeah. Um, and then they stay for dinner again. And Gandalf comes back, and uh, uh he says he was out and about. Out in out in a boot, out in a boot, <laughs> out in a boot, uh, and he he was talking about how he found a bunch of uh, bear tracks, mm-hmm. and not like just like one pair of or one bear, mm-hmm. you know. There's like bear. multiple bears multiple that were running around, um, very haven't... various sizes, and they were coming from like almost every direction. So it wasn't just Bjorn. And then he was uh, he followed them all west, which went towards the river, and uh, he followed them as far as the Carrick, and then he. Um, he was trying to cross the river, but then he saw that they led uh, where they had their encounter with the wargs, like mm-hmm. in the kind of cliffy, cliffy, <laughs> in the cliff area on yeah. the mountains and stuff or the trees. And then, um, so Gandalf was like, Gandalf was like, yeah, they probably were just, uh, Bjorn was probably just checking out the area to see if their tale was true, because mm-hmm. then he could count them as allies. If they were enemies of the orcs, then he'd be like, okay, these dwarves are good. Yeah. Um, but then Bilbo was scared that Bjorn was going to lead the wargs right back to his hall. And then Gandalf was like, don't be an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to do that. So Bill was just a scaredy cat. Yeah. And then they go to bed. Um, so that, yeah, they stay for a second night and then, um, Bilbo dreams of a bunch of black bears dancing, slow, heavy dances. Like, what would you imagine that? It's like kind of like a waltz. Do you think? Like, I think so. Like, like a, a really slow, waltz. like uh, somebody waltzing, but they're also sleepy. Yeah. So they're like, and they've got mm-hmm. baggy pants. Yeah, yeah, like MC Hammer doing yeah. a slow waltz. Imagine, <laughs> imagine MC Hammer. You wake him up at like three in the morning. Yeah. He's super drowsy. He's got his baggy pants on, and he's just doing this really slow waltz. That's what it was. And then that's a bear, though. It's yeah. <laughs> so, or you can imagine a bear doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so in MC Hammer pants. In yeah. So that's that's what he was imagining. Uh, so he imagined or he dreamed that. Um, and then he wakes up in the middle of the night and he hears a bunch of kind of like sniffing and like scratching at the door. And then he's like, bruh. What? That's kind of What's sus. Going on? Uh, so he thinks those are bears and stuff like that, which they probably were. Um, and then so the next morning, they all have their breakfast. Uh, Bilbo this time gets his breakfast. He wasn't late, so that's good. Uh, and then they find out uh, Bjorn arrived in the middle of the night, and he was very happy. Uh, so yesterday, or he said yesterday, he investigated the area um, where they got attacked by the wargs and the orcs, and he was in his bear form, and he saw that their story was true. Uh, he even caught a goblin and a warg and interrogated them, and they are still angry at the dwarves and Bilbo for killing their uh, their uh, what goblin was king. Goblin king, mm-hmm. yeah. I almost wanted to call him Goblin Lord for a second. Goblin Lord, <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, so he uh, he ended up killing them, and then he stuck the goblin's head in the wargs. Or he stuck the goblin's head like on a pole mm-hmm. outside of his hall warning other goblins and then he skinned the warg and put it up on a tree or something like that yeah. Yeah, sometimes i forget that it's supposed to be a children's book because then stuff like that happens yeah and you're like oh wait this is a children's it's supposed to be a children's book yeah but you know it's a different time back then there was heads on stakes everywhere yeah yeah that's right so yeah the kids would thought it was cool yeah so now that uh bjorn knows that their first part of the tale is true then gandalf proceeds to tell him that uh their whole quest is to go to Erebor, the Lonely Mountain, to uh, at least steal back the treasure and get back the kingdom from Smaug, and then try and kill him in the process if they can. Uh, so that's uh, 
that's what they say. And then Bjorn's like, yep, I'll help you. And he gives him a bunch of food, like, uh, you know, like honey. And uh, he gives him his famous uh, twice-baked honey cakes. Oh, yeah, we made those. Which we made before, Jay and I did, which are really good. You can, I, I don't remember, it's the Thanksgiving special episode we talked about. Yeah, right? yeah. So, yeah, and then he gives him, like, nuts, flour, dried fruit, stuff like that. Like, stuff that can keep for a while mm-hmm. um, on their long journey. Because they have to go... Uh, their plan is to go straight through Mirkwood, which is a very large forest. Like, you look at it on a map, and you're like, oh, it's probably not... Like, it's the biggest forest on the map, but it's like, it probably won't take too long. But if you look in the book, there's, like, the little, like, mile marker and stuff like that. If you, like, measure it up, it's it's a long distance to walk. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it takes them several... I think, like... It definitely takes over a week for them to get through it. But anyways, we won't worry about that. That's, That's in the upcoming chapter. Ahead. Yeah, so uh, their plan is to go through it, uh, not around it both ways, because it's even longer to do that. So mm-hmm. they kind of have to face the, the dark woods of Mirkwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's why Bjorn gives them all those things. And then he even gives them, like, bow and arrows and, like, water skins and stuff like that. And then he also gives them advice. He says, stay on the trail as much as possible. It's like an old elven road that went through Mirkwood. He says, stay on the trail. If you lose the trail at all, or if you think you're following the trail, but it goes off like on a fork, then you will definitely get lost. And then he also says, there are some streams in the forest that are, that you can drink out of, but it's best not to trust them. And then he says, there's also like this black river that kind of flows in the middle of the forest. And he says, don't even like, don't drink of it and don't even touch it because it's an enchanted river. So he kind of gives them some good advice. And he says also like the game in there like deer and stuff like that is is not like it doesn't taste the best (laughs) basically because it's kind of like an evil forest now it's been corrupted by the evil of the necromancer Mm -hmm. uh who's in the far south of mirkwood but his evil has kind of spread throughout the forest um so yeah so he kind of gives them advice he gives them stuff that they can go he even lends them some ponies Mm, yeah. uh, so I can travel all the way to where the elf trail uh comes out of the forest so they can get there like it's like a a day or two march from his house north um but the thing is like i was like i was saying is he's friends with all the animals he has like they're mm-hmm. not just pets they're like friends um so he cares about them much more than any person would care about a pet and then uh so he lends the dwarves his ponies and they all go towards Mirkwood. um but then bilbo at night he thinks he can see like just barely he thinks he can see this great bear shape following them and then um once they get to the uh, the the gates of the trail, um, the dwarves are kind of complaining. They're like, "Oh, why do we have to give up the ponies? Why can't we just take them through Mirkwood?" And then Gandalf is like explaining to him that wouldn't be wise because uh, Bilbo here and I are the only ones who were uh, kind of like sharp-eyed, and we noticed that Bjorn was following us. So mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't give up the ponies, he's definitely gonna be mad, mm-hmm. and and we'll kill you. So yeah, yeah. So. Uh, they reluctantly give up their ponies, but then they uh, they go through the elf path and um, begin their way into Mirkwood, which yeah. is where the chapter pretty much ends. Yeah. So. You know something I noticed um, when I was reading, and then as you said it again here, so if, especially thinking about it from Tolkien's like Catholic point of view, uh, with Bjorn's advice about when you go into the woods, the dark woods, stay on the path. Um, and don't like veer off the path and also don't drink from the river it's similar to the adam and eve story with this set of rules they have and don't eat from the tree yeah and also just in a more broader sense with like the um like stay on the right path yeah yeah i was gonna say in christianity that's like a that's a big thing is like stay like the the um it's either like the path less traveled or like the narrow path yeah uh is like the path to take and mm-hmm. then the broader path that everyone else takes usually leads to so it's more like the misleading path it's like oh you think mm-hmm. that's the good path because everyone takes it but yeah so maybe there's something in there There could be yeah i never thought about that good job good thanks. thinking man thanks man. yeah i mean that's what we do around this podcast that's we what think. we do we think we think and we speak yeah think and speak that's it that's all we do <laughs> simple as that yeah if you well, think was... if you think there's anything more to it there's not not really yeah. Well, that was a good. That was a good summary. Thanks, bruh. It, it what? It, what? It seems like the past few chapters. It's uh, been the Hobbit or the um party gets in trouble, and, and then, then Gandalf saves them. And Gandalf saves yeah. them. They, they didn't really get in trouble in this chapter, but Gandalf 
technically save them because they by bringing had, them to Bjorn. Yeah, they had yeah. nowhere to go. Yeah, but that not for long because Gandalf is gone. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I forgot to mention Gandalf yeah. Yeah. is gonna leave. Like that was the whole point as he was gonna leave once the dwarves go into Mirkwood. Then he was gonna head south. So that was his point of leaving. So so now they're on their own. Now they're on their own, walking through Mirkwood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the summary. That was chapter seven, queer lodgings. Mm-hmm. A good summary. Yeah. So uh, now I'm going to talk about um, uh, what is a skin changer and who is Bjorn and his legacy. So uh, we talked about skin changer a little bit. Bjorn, we know, can transform into a bear. And as far as Tolkien writes, that's the, the race of skin changers because there's more of them uh, just transform into bears. Uh, so these, these are different than the werewolves like Sauron? Yeah. In the yeah. Silmarillion? Because they're they, not... Are they are they considered skin changers, or they are werewolves and skin changers like a separate thing? No, because uh, the werewolves are um, evil spirits oh. put into wolves. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're not like actual humans that can transform at will into bears. So, and then I think even normal werewolves, like even not in uh, like Lord of the Rings or anything, mm-hmm. if you just think about werewolves in general, they usually transform when it's like a full moon. You know, it's like and they don't have a choice. But yeah. skin changers can just change whenever. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a big difference. So, uh, yeah, so skin changers are kind of like an offshoot of a race of men who live in the like both the Vales of Anduin and on the eaves of Mirkwood, kind of where Bjorn lived. And then they formerly, they lived in the Misty Mountains. Um, and so they were kind of, like I said, they were an offshoot of Northmen. Um, so Northmen are kind of like um, uh, the men of Dale, of Lake Town, the, uh, the ancestors of the Rohirrim who lived in the north. Mm-hmm. Um, by the Vales of Anduin, so that's that's kind of who they were related to. But for some unknown reason, they had the power to transform into bears, and it's never really stated why. So that's kind of a big mystery. So I guess really, I mean, if you're kind of into this stuff, you can just theorize whatever you want. Because I like how Tolkien does that. He purposely leads some like facts out or like some details out and you can just kind of come up with your own conclusion that makes sense in your head yeah it's like a tom bombadil situation yeah like tom bombadil there's also another one i want to save this for like another podcast episode once we finish the hobbit because mm-hmm. i feel like it would be kind of cool to do an episode all about like different theories we did one about tom bombadil but there's also stuff like how did the skin changers get their power mm-hmm. and then also i don't know if you've read the silmarillion in a while but you remember maglor he's one of the seven sons of feanor I remember, I know, I like generally remember yeah. it. Yeah, and Maglor was like one of the people who like, he was like the best, like he had the best voice in Middle Earth and he played instruments and stuff okay, like that. Yeah. But um, there's like a whole thing like after, he was like one of the last sons of Feanor left and he actually had one of the Silmarils after the War of Wrath, but it burned his hand so bad because he, uh, he wasn't pure of heart and then he threw it into the sea. Mm-hmm. And so he was the one who threw it into the sea, but it said he just wandered the coasts of Middle Earth after that. So it doesn't say he died. So it's possible he still wandered the coast in, even in the third age, yeah. which is interesting. So I was, I was kind of like theorized, like, like what would he actually be doing? Like, was he still alive or did mm-hmm. he just drown in the wave that came over Beleriand? Anyways, I digress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so there's a lot of theories we can do and I think that'd be a cool episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So skin changers, what am I going for? Yeah. So they could transform, um, by some unknown means into a giant bear and they were friendly with animals. They never ate meat and they like uh, Bjorn, they always ate honey and berries and stuff like that. Nuts and fruit. Mm-hmm. It's basically like black bears, like yeah. in the actual world, like mm-hmm. they don't normally eat meat, but they eat, you know, like roots and berries and stuff like that. Yeah. So just general bear stuff, general bear stuff, general bear foolishness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so they were friendly with animals, and then they were also, they were pretty stubborn towards everyone else. Like, they were reluctant to be allied with anyone else, like uh, humans and elves and dwarves and stuff like that, especially the dwarves, because the dwarves uh, kind of um, caused all that disturbance with the orcs in the mountains, which then caused, because the skin changers used to live in the Misty Mountains, and because the orcs were all getting all in a frenzy, attacking the dwarves and stuff in the mountains, they pushed the skin changers out and killed some of them so that's why the skin changers uh their mortal enemies are the orcs and they hate them so seems like everybody's a little upset at the dwarves for riling up the orcs yeah the elves much. weren't really excited yeah. so yeah so but like i was saying bjorn was 
happy to accept anyone who was an enemy of the orcs. So if mm-hmm. even if they were dwarves, he was like, eh, I guess as long as you're on my side. Yeah. Um, and then so those are those are the skin changers. Um, and I think all those bears that Bilbo hurt heard outside of the uh, the hall at night, and then all those tracks that Gandalf saw. I think those were other skin changers, mm-hmm. not just normal bears, but I think those were other skin changers that um followed Bjorn's call because Bjorn was uh, like I'll, I'll say in a sec he was the leader of the skin changers like kind of like the chieftain so I think those are like they're kind of like heeding his call and they all went to check out on the wargs or like the attack do you think the regular bears are jealous of the skin changers because they're just stuck as bears and the skin changers have the option I bet like I bet a skin changer was probably out in the woods um and then he like turns back into a person and a bear's like over there watching like okay i this is the scene i'm setting up okay. in my head so we've got a female bear over mm-hmm. here or a male bear doesn't really matter but then they see like the opposite gender mm-hmm. bear and they're like ooh like it's you know it's mating season yeah. let's, let's get something going mm-hmm. and then so they're starting to come towards this other bear and then all of a sudden this bear turns into a human and he's like hey hey whoa back off yeah i ain't like that <laughs> yeah would that be bestiality if they're in a bear form, <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't know if we should dive deep I into this. I don't think we should dive deep into that. No, this isn't what it's about. Yeah. But I'm just saying that'd be kind of like. I bet the bears would be like, "Dang, I yeah. thought I thought that was a one." Yeah. So but I just feel like they would because like, uh, skin changers can like go into regular society as humans. And yeah. Like go to stores or restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Well, like the restaurants they have, they don't have like. Applebee's in Middle Earth. No, like but, bars and taverns. Yeah. yeah, and bears are just stuck. <laughs> and bears get hunted. If like if a if a skin changer is being hunted, they can just run away and turn into a human and then come back. Yeah, bears don't have that option. Yeah, they so, probably are jealous. Yeah, yeah, I'd be jealous. Oh, I would be too. I'm already jealous that they can turn into bears. Yeah, the bears probably are thinking, dude, are humans jealous that these skin changers can turn into humans? It goes both ways. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the duality of man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so. So Bjorn is the, like I said, the chieftain of the skin changers kind of in that region, the northern Vales of Anduin and on the eaves of Mirkwood and kind of Missy Mountain area. Um, and so there are plenty of other skin changers. It wasn't really known if there were like towns full of these people, but it was most likely that they lived in their own halls, kind of like Bjorn did, like a homestead, um, bee farms type deal. Uh, so Bjorn uh, the meaning of Bjorn is an old English word that means man of valor, a warrior, or a hero. And it is cognate to the Old Norse word Bjorn, which means bear. So it's kind of like a double meaning, you know. In Old Norse, it literally means bear. And in um, and in Old English, it means like a, a warrior or like a man of valor, which he was both. He was both a bear and a human. Oh, that's interesting so, that even yeah. the name is like a... Yeah, it changes. Yeah, and Tolkien did that on purpose too. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, he did a lot of things. Like he that. was he was doing the duality of skin changer. Yeah, duality yeah. of skin changer. Yeah. So, um, and uh, he lived like I was saying earlier. He lived on the eaves of Mirkwood in the late Third Age, along the Anduin, and close to a large rock that he called the Carrick. Um, and I think they say in the book that, or like. He didn't know why it was called the Carrick, or Gandalf didn't know why it was called the Carrick. That was just his name for it, Bjorn's name for it. So don't even question it. And then uh, based on Gandalf's opinion, and it's pretty widely uh, accepted that Bjorn and the Skin Changers came from the Misty Mountains and they were pushed out by the orcs, and that's why they hate the orcs, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, so he helps. Uh, his kind of his legacy is that he helps the uh, the dwarves and Bilbo and Gandalf. Uh, like he aids them, and gives them advice, and helps them get to the uh, eaves of Mirkwood. Mm-hmm. And then he also has a bigger part later on in the Hobbit. Like he appears in another chapter, but we're not going to get into that because we'll get to that when we get to yeah. that chapter. So be patient, guys. Yeah, down. but I will talk about kind of his legacy after the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. So I will I will say I mean it's kind of. It's kind of a given that he lives once mm-hmm. I start explaining what happens after The Hobbit. So he does live oh, through okay. The Hobbit. So that's just, good. Don't worry about that. Yes. Um, so his legacy after The Hobbit, and this is mostly during um, kind of like the Lord of the Rings era, the War of the Ring. Um, he uh, he becomes, the like after the events of The Hobbit, he becomes like the main chieftain of a bunch of more people. Like a lot of people rally to his... Uh, 
his region and then he becomes their chieftain so it's all the skin changers and then some northmen and then they begin building like walled towns and stuff like that which are called burgs in old english which you can find in modern english cities like i was uh, just gonna say pittsburgh like gatlinburg gatlinburg yeah. stuff like that so burg means walled town or oh. like a fort so i don't know if you knew that i didn't know that now you know that is interesting because now that makes sense with like pittsburgh and yeah those Pittsburgh and Gatlinburg are the only two bergs I can think of. Um, I feel like I've heard of Johannesburg. Yeah, that's one. Gettysburg. Gettysburg, yeah. Yeah. Wow. We could go on and on. Not really, because I'm starting to run out. So. Yeah. Anyway, so he becomes the chieftain and the leader, and uh, Grim or Bjorn. Sorry, I just kind of gave it away for a second. Bjorn has a son named Grim Bjorn, mm. which so Bjorn's name means bear. Well, as part of the Norse part mm-hmm. does. Um, and Grimbjorn in Old English means fierce bear. So it's basically like his dad, but just fiercer. Just better. Big, just better. Bigger and better. Bigger and better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, after his father Bjorn dies, which I don't remember if it says when, he, when Bjorn dies, but it's just it's later. It's before the War of the Ring and after The Hobbit. Oh, wait, I got a question. Yeah, you have a question. Are, do skin changers, do, is their lifespan the same as just regular men, or is it different in any way? It doesn't say anything about that. I would mm-hmm. assume it's probably the same as a normal person. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then Grim Bjorn becomes the chieftain after Bjorn dies. And then, uh, yeah, so he, he, Gr- Bjorn, um, when he was chieftain, he kind of uh, protected the Vales of Anduin and the High Pass and the Misty Mountains from, like, any goblins and orcs and stuff like that, which allowed... Uh, trade between like the dwarven communities in the blue mountains and the lonely mountain and then also trade between like all the men of the misty mountains and like lake lake town and dale mm-hmm. and all the, that place so um so basically because of his protection um in that area uh trade thrived and the economy thrived um and this is what i want to see in america yeah <laughs> i want to see skin changers <laughs> um so yeah, so Grimbjorn kind of takes on the mantle of chieftain after his father dies, and he does the same sort of thing. He protects the High Pass and the Vales of Anduin, and then when the War of the Ring comes about, um, his uh, his lands and his people are attacked by Sauron's forces, like orcs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so um, Frodo even has a vision, I think, of like to the far, like when he's um, by the Great Falls of Rauros, and he's on that like uh, he's on what it's called uh, Emon Hen. Mm-hmm. which is the hill of seeing or sight or something like that. Um, then he has like a vision when he puts on the ring of like um, the uh, the halls of Grimbjorn or the lands of Grimbjorn all on fire, the skin mm-hmm. changers. Um, and then the, uh, so all the people who followed, like even the Northmen and stuff like that, but mostly the skin changers, all of those people who followed Bjorn and Grimbjorn as their chieftain uh, called themselves the Bjornings. Uh, so very very original <laughs> and yeah, uh, it's still a cool name though it's but, still a really yeah. cool name yeah um yeah so there's all that stuff that happens and then once frodo with Gollum's help destroys the ring and that helps turn the tide of war and Grimbjorn and his forces are able to kind of take back their land and have victory over the orcs and so that's kind of bjorn's legacy is he has a son who's uh, pretty much as good or if not better than him like or fierce as fierce of a warrior as he is yeah so uh yeah so pretty cool stuff i like i think that's kind of my favorite um that's kind of my favorite part of the hobbit is when they talk about like bjorn and stuff like that and they're staying at his hall because it's just i don't know it's just kind of cool like he can yeah. transform into a bear and it's kind of it's like a nice break from all the yeah it, yeah or chaos that's yeah. been happening it's like because what's kind of cool about the hobbit and like lord of the rings and stuff is you start out in the shire and that's mm-hmm. like what feels like home and then you go out onto this all, all these adventures. They have troubles with the trolls, um, with the uh, the orcs and the goblins in the mm-hmm. caves. And then when they get out of the caves, there's the wargs and stuff like that. And then the eagles fly them. And then it's like they get this nice break mm-hmm. in between the rest of the book that where's there is so much more trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get this nice little break of kind of like a more homely feeling again. Um, it's kind of nice. And then same with the Lord of the Rings. It starts out in the Shire, mm-hmm. and then it ends in the Shire again. Well, and that, like along the way, they stop at Rivendell and Lothlorien, and yeah. so it's kind of nice. But then at the very end, they return back to the Shire, and it's like home again, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think like reminiscence so, yeah. of home. 
Tolkien does a good job with that, I think. So yeah, that's, so that's kind of my whole thing on uh, Bjorn and skin changes yeah, and your stuff whole like thing. that. It's my whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, we're gonna get back, come back to my whole thing after this, after this ad break. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My whole thing. <laughs> Hey everyone, have you been wondering where you can see the behind the scenes of this podcast or correct us when we inevitably get something wrong on the podcast? Well, I'm here to let you know. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle underscore earth or on Twitter at expmiddleearth. If you don't want to look those up, links to both of those will be in the show notes. Welcome back. It's me now, Jay. Just Jay. Just Jay. I'm not here. Grant's not there. Nope. That was me doing an impression of Grant. It was really good, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just talking to myself now. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Grant talked about skin changers, but where did Tolkien come up with this idea? Because, you know, if, you've, if you know anything about Tolkien, he liked he liked uh, Old Norse mythology and stuff like that. So, yeah. obviously, it's, he's going to draw his inspiration from there. <clears throat> so, he... Uh, the main inspiration for uh i don't think he tolkien ever goes out and states that his inspiration for the skin changers were berserkers but you can we can just assume because uh they're similar and they're super cool and just (laughs) cool to talk about so so in today's world when somebody says they're going berserk what does that mean uh to to go berserk that's um like to go crazy yeah go crazy go, go stupid, stupid. Ah. <laughs> uh yeah so that's like kind of go crazy kind of go ape yeah uh ape crap ape crap ape kinda, poop kind of go wild <laughs> go hog yeah. wild yeah i go hard in a in a more freaking paint yeah kind of like that type deal yeah well that didn't that also has meaning you know what that meaning is yeah, I'm gonna tell you. Okay. I'm gonna stop asking you questions. Good, because I'm a, I'm gonna get back on my phone. For yeah, a second. I'm trying to text my wife. Jeez. Hey, jeez, man. Uh, so berserkers were these Viking warriors back in the ninth century, um, when the Vikings were. But these weren't just any regular Viking warriors. But these are probably like the ones when you think of like some big bad Viking warriors, you probably think of berserkers because oh, yeah. they're the ones they wear the bear skin. Yeah, and they're just they go crazy, they go stupid, go crazy, uh, go stupid. <laughs> they get like well, you probably have all the answers. I'm, I'll just let you finish. Just say what you're gonna say. I was gonna say they have something like where they they like try and channel like the spirit of the bear or something like that. And yeah, I get, have, like, I have. Okay, so you yes, yeah, so you just talk about okay, that. Okay, I'll talk about that. But so berserker means bear shirt. Um, yeah, I knew and, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm telling the I'm telling okay. the listeners. <laughs> bear shirt. Uh, it it's B E A R like a bear, but it has been interpreted as bear B A R E because they would oh, also not yeah. wear armor. They would only wear their bear skin. Yeah, which some, is crazy. Yeah, some sources say they were naked other than the bear skin. Some they had pants on. I don't know. It kind of be. I feel like it'd be scary if a naked man with a bear. Wearing yeah. bear skin came up to you. Yeah, that'd be even worse. But yeah, so they so bear shirts was what berserker meant because, like I said, they would wear the skin of bears, um, like the bear head on their head. Yeah. Um, and they were powerful Viking Viking warriors, and uh, they would in battle they would enter into like a rage, and like a bear like rage. Yeah. Where they were pretty much unstoppable for a little oh, yeah. bit, and they would just go crazy, go stupid. And so they worshipped the bear. The berserkers worshipped Odin, which was one of the old Norse gods. Yeah, he's the old Norse god. Oh yeah, he's like the big bad or big bad or good. I don't. Know, yeah. I haven't looked too deep into uh, Norse mythology. The thing with Norse mythology is a lot of the gods are good, but then they also do bad things. Yeah, so. it's similar to like Greek and Roman. Yeah, I mean they're good, but they're not great. Yeah, but yeah, so they would worship Odin, and that's one of the ways that. Um, it's said that they would, were able to go into this, uh, rage, but so they would go into battle with only bear skins on. And I have a quote from the wiki of berserkers. Wiki. It says in battle, the berserkers were subject to fits of frenzy. They would howl like wild beasts, foam at the mouth, gnawed at the iron rims of their shields. According to belief during these fits, they were immune to steel and fire and made great havocs in the ranks of enemies. When the fever abated, they were weak and tame. 
So pretty much they would just go hogwash. They'd just be animals. They'd be bears. Go hard in the paint. Yeah. Um. So, and uh, it does mention a lot of sources mention how they bit their shields and um. What that probably was is they just didn't have anywhere to like channel the rage at yeah. the time, so they would just bite their shields, which was crazy. Like <laughs> your teeth would break. Yeah. At least mine would. But I guess they're immune to steel, so they uh, or it's iron, I guess. But yeah, so they were also. Um, said they're immune to steel and fire because uh, pretty much they just couldn't be killed. Um, some sources say that their skin was their skin couldn't be cut by swords when they were in their in their frenzy. Um, but there's uh, some accounts of actual berserkers. Uh, it's um, because there's like some logic behind it because berserkers are also like a mythological thing too. Like they uh, like worshipped Odin and turn and channeled their bear rage but then there's also like logical explanations to how it could have actually happened yeah but so one of the f- most famous berserkers um so it's the so what i'm the battle of stamford stamford bridge um is one of the most famous account famous accounts of berser- of a berserker so what was happening is there was um the english were attacking the norwegians i think yeah the norwegians and um there was this bridge that they had to cross. The Norwegians retreated to the other side of the bridge, and the English were attacking, but they were slowed down by the bridge because they had to cross. All their men had to cross. It was the only way to cross. Um, and uh, the Norwegians were, like, going to be defeated because the English were so much stronger than them. Yeah. But out of nowhere, this berserker Norwegian Viking warrior guy stands his ground on the bridge and fights off the Englishmen as they're coming. And he's in his, like, rage or whatever. And he killed 40, or it said he killed 40 Englishmen until, yeah, uh, for, like, an hour. Until an Englishman was in, uh, like, a um, barrel, floated down the river, and stabbed him in the groin from under. (laughs) And that's how they killed him. Dang, his his Achilles testicles. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So his only weak point was his balls. Dang. Um, So that would, that shows evidence that they probably did wear clothing because if he had to stab from up under him to get to his balls. Yeah. Yeah. But so, um, they were also, since they were so crazy stupid, they were also, uh, not stupid, like dumb. I guess they were, could be considered stupid because when they were in their fits of rage, they were known to kill their, uh, the people. Yeah. Their own side. Yeah. Yeah. Their own side because they just had to take their rage out somewhere. Um, but, uh, the king Harald Fahir, who was a Viking king, used berserkers as his bodyguard, which is like a good idea. But like they're only powerful when they're in their rage, so he yeah. just has to hope they're in their rage whenever he needs them to be bodyguards, which is probably all the time. But um, there's also um, before I go into like how they got into the rage state and stuff like that, there's also um, the Ufhilthnar, which were berserkers, but they were wolves or they wore wolf clothing and oh, wore uh, that's cool. wolf hides. That's what I'm looking for. So it's pretty much the same idea as the berserker, but they're wolves. Yeah. Um, so they would also go into battle, go into crazy fits. They go crazy, go stupid. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Um, but I just like that Uf Yeah. It took me a long time to... I wrote down the phonics so then I could uh, pronounce it right. There you go. But it's just fun to say. Yeah. And I got a question for you. Uh, okay. It's not a trivia question, so, like, would you rather be a berserker or an Ufhithnar? So, a bear or a wolf? Uh, I think you probably know my answer. I'd think you'd say bear. Yeah. 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 I'd rather do wolf. I yeah. just think wolves are cool. Wolves are really cool. I like bears. I want to mm-hmm. die in a fight with a bear. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Because I feel like wolves, because um, bears, you just fight bear one-on-one. Yeah. But, like, wolves, they're Pack always wolves, in packs. Yeah. yeah. So, it'd be harder to... Like, be able to kill a wolf and uh, have it kill you at the same time. You yeah, know? It takes true. a lot of planning. Yeah. You have to outsmart the wolf. Yeah. Whereas with a bear, you just got to match it in strength, which is what I would do. <laughs> so I would I would be only armed with a knife. That's it. So it's like Revenant type. Yeah. Except for he had deal. a gun for one shot. He did but... have a gun, but I just have this big Bowie knife. Yeah. Right? And so I'm fighting this bear. Uh-huh. It's pretty evenly matched because I'm really good. Yeah. Uh, so we're fighting... And then we, it's pretty even we match and then we both kind of like deal out wounds that are mortal mm-hmm. and we start dying mm-hmm. and then we both collapse and then 
the bear dies like one second before I do and then I die. So I, when I die, I understand that I have victory over the bear. For one second. For one second, <laughs> but then I die. So we fight as enemies, but we die as brothers. Yes. And so it's just a really beautiful moment. That's how I want to die. Yeah. Um, I will also take dying in my sleep. Yeah, that's also <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my uh, that's plan the way B. to go. That's Plan B for me. Plan yeah. B. Yeah, I just think wolves are cool, but it, like in battle, it'd probably be more practical to be a bear because wolves are more like stockish and and bears just yeah. go crazy, go stupid. Yeah, and they're harder to take down. I feel like probably yeah. unless you have a pack of wolves. But Whoa. so so there's a few uh, theories on how they entered this rage state. There's like the mythological reasons and then like the uh like logical reasons um so what they what was believed back then and um how they got into the state is that they would worship odin and what they would have to do is they would go into the woods and they'd have to live away from civilization like the the respective animals so a bear or a wolf whichever one yeah maybe a cow i don't know i don't know how deep this goes with animals but um (laughs) hopefully not too deep (laughs) yeah but they'd live like them and they would they would channel that animal instinct from that animal. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they'd live with them. It'd be hard to live with wolves or like, with a bear. Yeah, because you can't really like. There's always like the kids, who, or I mean, there's not always kids who are raised by wolves, but they're like the story. <laughs> it's always kids <laughs> raised by wolves. You know those kids? No. Yeah, yeah, no. I there's know always a story, about. but it'd, it'd be hard to go in as like a, I don't know, like 25 year old. I don't know how old Viking warriors were. I'm just gonna say 25. You know what? Yeah, 21, 22. That's how old we are. Yeah. Sorry if I just. If you didn't want your age, oh out there. no, oh no, which one of us is twenty one, twenty two? You don't know. It's up to you. Yeah, but like at our age, going out trying to like live with wolves would kind of be hard to be like accepted in. Yeah, as like a grown. That's man. like uh, that's um, what am I trying to say? From the Jungle Book, he was. Oh raised, yeah, he was Ooh, Mowgli. Ogly. Mowgli. 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 I said it wrong. <laughs> I said it wrong at first, but then I was like, oh yeah, Mowgli. Yeah, uh, he was raised by wolves. Yeah. And then a bear. And then he had a bear friend. And then a panther. Yes. Or uh, technically it was a jaguar. Yeah. Yeah. Or a leopard. I don't know. Yeah. But um, so they would, after living, I don't know how long it was, but they would live out there. And then when they came back into civilization, they would be able to channel that animal instinct whenever they wanted in battle. Well, like whenever they wanted, but mostly in battle. Um. Uh, that's like the mythological way they, there's probably people who like went out and lived like those animals, but they weren't able to like through Odin, like channel a bear, like instinct and yeah. turn into bears. Um, <clears throat> cause it was also said that after, um, if they didn't die in battle, like after they were done, like stopped coming to battles, they would go out and turn into a bear or a wolf and then just live the rest of their life yeah. as a bear or a wolf. Um, which would kind of be cool, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Ousted from society. Yeah. Um, so some of the, re- or some of the, uh, more logical reasons, uh, there's anxiety with like, um, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. They could have, they were in a lot of battles. So, yeah. They yeah. could have, it could have been like a mental, like anxiety that just made them go crazy and going into battle, like triggered that. And then, yeah. They just, like, lost control. Um, there's also hallucinogens. Um, there's mushrooms or some mushrooms, hallucinogen mushrooms. Or this uh, henbane, which is a flower that has hallucinogen uh, properties. And it can also make you rage and everything. So there is accounts of them drinking things or uh, in ingesting things to, yeah. before they go in the state. So they probably were, like, eating mushrooms or something. Um, that would just make them go crazy, uh, which is probably, or which is definitely what it was because <laughs> like if they're foaming at the mouth and they were just oh, like yeah, yeah. going berserk, that's probably what it was. Literally. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's where, uh, um, Tolkien got his inspiration from. Oh, I did want to mention too. They, uh, it is talked about with the berserkers and stuff when they, they had a hard time in life outside of battles because they couldn't fit in yeah. with um, regular society because yeah. it said they would just start fights with people for no reason because you're looking at me, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So they, so they were like cool guys in battle, but you wouldn't really want to be friends with them outside of battle. Damn. 
But yeah, so Tolkien's skin changers seem just like a friendlier version of uh, yeah. berserkers. Still, still as uh, as good of warriors, but probably not as crazy. Yeah, because berserkers weren't like friends of all animals. Yeah, they would just kill people. They just kill whatever. Yeah, they just go crazy, go stupid. But yeah, so that's all we have for Tolkien's um, this chapter and his inspiration. Yeah. Well, now we're gonna go to current events. Welcome to Middle Earth Current Events. It's current events on this Earth about Middle Earth. Yeah. So don't get that confused. Yeah. Um, today on Middle Earth Current Events, it's another adaptation news, but not the Amazon adaptation Whoa. news, which I think is interesting because this is all it seems that's happening with Tolkien is adaptation news. Yeah. But so let me set the scene for okay. everybody. Okay. So 1955 and 56. Wait, let me see when. When was Lord of the Rings? It was in the 50s, I think. Okay, let's see. 54. So, a year after Lord of the Rings was released. A year or two after. The BBC wanted to do a radio adaptation of all three books. Um, So, it would have been 12 episodes long. Um, And uh, Tolkien had to agree to do it. So, he agreed to do it. Um, Or, like, let them use it. But he was also part of the process. Um, And the original tapes got destroyed. Um, but recently, um, the original scripts of two of the episodes were discovered in the BBC archives, and um, they have Tolkien's revisions on them, which is interesting, like oh, in his own yeah. handwriting. Um, so uh, we get to see like how Tolkien edited adaptations and stuff. So the first series covered The Fellowship of the Ring, which was six episodes, and then um, the second series condensed The Two Towers and uh return of the king into the next into six episodes uh which were each 30 to 45 minutes long tolkien didn't like how they condensed the next two books into six episodes each um i wonder why they did that because like why would you have the i feel like you would have like fellowship the fellowship and the two towers or something be mercy and then the return of the king like the big ending yeah as like a whole thing but um so it was discovered, and um, if you can look on it, I'll link the uh, article in the uh, description. But um, <clears throat> it's it's a it's a script written out, and then there's red ink all over with Tolkien's writing of his revisions and stuff. And it was mostly just like um, like if a narrator should say this, or if um, it was uh, here. Wait, let me see if I can find it. It has to do, the part he was revising was with. Frodo and Sam talking about the ring and the pale king and they were debating whether Fro or a narrator should explain that Frodo has the ring and or Frodo put on the ring um or if uh or if Frodo should say something and they felt it was too clunky for Frodo to say uh, I just put on the ring uh so they had a, they had a narrator say it and then also uh the original script had it that um uh the uh wraiths the ring wraiths uh, could only be seen the only the shadows of them could be seen and tolkien wanted that changed because he had his own description of it uh, yeah so he wanted that changed um but it's also interesting because we can see how it was originally received because uh 1955 and 56 was right after the books came out and they weren't as critically acclaimed as they are now and like yeah as sacred as they are now with like because now with um, the Amazon series people are mad because they're changing things in the book but back then it wasn't as big of a deal because it was it was not as it wasn't like, very well known yeah it wasn't ha- held as high as it is now um, <clears throat> but uh, although it probably did have some degree of popularity because The Hobbit was pretty popular and yeah so when Tolkien finally wrote like sequels to it people mm-hmm. people probably flocked to it yeah but so um, there's also uh audio reactions to it like um what people thought about it um one listener complained if we must occupy the third program with fairy tales uh let us have Indin blighton which is another she's a female author from back then i don't yeah. know any of her books but um they it seemed like they didn't really want tolkien's there's another one that says the best light listening for the next few weeks which is interesting i thought that was a good like because it can be light li- light reading light listening but yeah 
It's also like deeper than that. Yeah. But you know, uh, it would it would probably have been fun to hear that the first time. I want that'd be weird or not weird. That'd be interesting if that was your first exposure to Tolkien. Was it radio? Yeah, radio thing. Because a lot of people's first ex- uh, introduction or whatever is the, the movies. movies. Yeah. So the radio, I don't. It wasn't as popular as the movies are, but it's just an interesting thing to see Tolkien's um, or just more stuff about Tolkien outside of Lord of the Rings about his personal life. Yeah. And stuff. Like how he would have reacted to adaptations, like uh, certain things that are changed and stuff like that because it, it would kind of give you an insight onto like uh, seeing stuff that amazon is changing mm-hmm. how he would react to it. yeah because here he's more open to the changes uh because he's more open to it because um i can't remember which episode it was but we talked about um the letter tolkien wrote when they were going to make a movie of the lord of the rings it might have been like two episodes ago or something yeah like um so he his reaction to that, the movie adaptation, wasn't as good as this one. But this one seems his corrections are more from like a he understands that the limitations of the medium with radio yeah. is different. They can't have everything from the book in, and uh, you can't see. It's just listening, so um, you can't just like show stuff to without saying it. You have to like say things. Yeah. Um. So that's why there was like a narrator. And all that stuff. So it seems he was more open to this medium of uh, adaptation. Um, but it is still interesting to think of what revisions he would make to the Amazon one. Yeah. Or what they would, uh, if he would like it or not. I don't know. Because uh, the Tolkien estate and people have claimed that Tolkien wouldn't like the Peter Jackson movies. Yeah. I just feel like, just like, I'm, I guess for most authors and stuff they're not going to be like the biggest fans of their adaptations. Cause yeah. it's not unless they make the adaptation. Yeah. Cause it's not like directly from, it's like a, to them, it's like a different, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, so that's our short, uh, current events section. Yeah. We're going to end this episode with a, uh, a kablang. Yeah. Kablang. Uh, Trivia. Trivia. Yeah, I forgot what it was. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay, mine's pretty easy because I just kind of came up with it last minute. So, uh, what were the followers of Bjorn and Grimbjorn called? Bjornings. Yeah. Yeah. That's good job, man. Thanks. I'm. I'm. I feel like I don't usually get it right away. Mine is mine. I feel like is a little harder, but um. So hit me. So. As you know, Gandalf had some of the dwarves, or the dwarves wait and come in intervals. Yeah. Who was the last dwarf? Oh, Bomber. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Bomber. Because he was as big as two. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember Gandalf two. was like, "You're as you're as big as two people, so you come last." Yeah. Um. But then he ended up running Cause because he, he, he didn't want to be alone. Yeah, he didn't want to wait, and he was probably hungry. Probably. Probably. But yeah. So next episode, what's the next chapter? Chapter eight. Yeah, um, uh, flies, flies and, and spiders. spiders. Ooh, big yep. chapter. I feel like every time we're like next chapter. Ooh, ooh big, big chapter. chapter. Big stuff's happening. Yeah, this is a good chapter. It's a good chapter. Yeah, but it really is. Um, a good let chapter. me see. I think we're just doing just one chapter. Let me see how long it is. Probably flies and spiders. Yeah, we'll just. Yeah, we're gonna do one chapter. Yeah. How so. how far along in the book are we? Forty-seven percent. I was gonna mention that because I calculated it because I was oh. like, we're probably getting close. Are you like page number and stuff like that? Is that what you're talking? Yeah, we're on my book. I'm on uh, Flies and Spiders start on page 130, and there are that's about halfway through. Yeah, 276 pages. Yeah, and so 47 percent is what we're at. Cool. So we're almost to the halfway point. We'll be over the halfway point next week. Yeah. Or next after the next after the next episode. episode. Yeah. So you've made it this far. Hopefully you've made it this far. Halfway Hopefully you're, through. Yeah. And you can do it. I believe in you. So, yeah, so that's it for today. Uh, Chapter 7, Queer Lodgings of the Hobbit. Uh, So, yes, for next time, read uh, Chapter Mm 8, Flies and Spiders. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where we'll leave off for now. Yeah. See you guys later. Bye.